For grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, in this world we have many choices about how we're going to live our lives. And if you go off to college, you go off to the university, you begin to learn about philosophical systems. And there are so many so-called great thinkers of the past that had their own philosophical system that they developed, or yes, in simpler terms, how to live the pure life, how to think about things in such a way that you can get the, the most benefit that you can, can lead a, a life of, of some joy and happiness and, and content. And so you, you can follow this philosophical system, or you can follow the, this other system. Some systems are, are more negative, and some are, are exclusively positive. And within the, the midst of that, we perhaps can come to think of Christianity as simply a philosophical system. And so we go about our daily lives and we say, okay, what's the, the golden rule? You know, do unto others as I would like others to do unto me. Yes, I, I, I can do that. And oh, we have ten commandments and you know, we can incorporate those into our lives and, and, and we can do that thing too. And pretty soon though, we have kind of a big list of things to do, don't we? And dear friends, that is exactly where the writer of our New Testament lesson was coming from this morning. For if Christianity is simply a philosophical system, well, yes, it, it points me in the right direction. And, and yes, certainly it teaches me right from wrong. Certainly I can learn that from my Bible, my, you know, book that I read every day, but still, if it's only left to my human nature, I'm caught in a terrible conflict. And that conflict is so greatly expressed by the Apostle in our text for today. That, that, that longing, I know what is right. I've studied it. And yet, I can't seem to do it. And I know what is wrong. I abhor it in my mind. And yet, the bad thing goes I keep on doing. Have you been there? Have you been at that place in your life? Have you had some kind of a, a habit that you struggle with? Have you had, yes, a, a sin that you struggled with at times? And maybe you, you've come to know just where the apostle was coming from. I've read my Bible. I know right from wrong. I have a desire even within myself to do what is right, but yet I keep failing, yet I keep struggling, yet I keep on sinning. I think maybe we, we all have been there at times. 
For we understand also that he is coming, is found right at the very end of the text for today. Who will rescue me from this body of death? For really in that situation, you're, you're almost on the brink of perhaps insanity. I know this thing is wrong. I long to do it. Sometimes I fail. Here, years ago, I was in a premarital counseling with a, a young couple approaching their wedding day. The, the groom decided, right, for, just before the wedding, he would go to a strip club with his friend. His fiance, of course, found out about it and called off the wedding. That young man, perhaps, what was in that very same place that I'm talking about for today. Who will rescue me from this body of death? I believe that that young man knew right from wrong. I believe that he knew that it was the wrong thing for him to do, to go to a, a strip club just before he was getting married. I, I think I, I understand that he had tremendous regret for that decision and the consequences that it came to bear upon his life. But have you been in a similar situation? You knew the thing you were about to do was wrong. And he went and did it anyway. You knew that the teaching, the foundational, philosophical, bedrock teaching of the Christian way of life, you knew. And still you failed. Still, it, it, it fell apart. Still, you went into whatever sin it might have been. Who will rescue me? I know the things that I ought to be doing, I can't seem to follow through. I know the things I should stop doing, I can't seem to stop doing them. Who will rescue me? And of course, you know the answer. You're here in church today. The answer has been before your eyes for, I believe, probably everyone here, you've experienced the answer. Who will rescue me? Jesus Christ, my Lord. Jesus Christ changes people's lives. But we know that too. We've experienced that as well. We still kind of find that the fruit of that within our culture as prisoners in the prison system, right, have done evil, bad things in the past, that's why they're in jail, come before the parole board and they say, I have found Christ. You can trust me out in society. Again, I have been attending Bible class in prison. You can trust me to let me go. I still the, the number one argument for reform why an individual should be let out of prison. Now, of course, people abuse that, right? 
That's probably easy in, in prison to not be robbing other people because you might just get killed when you're in prison and steal someone else's stuff. You know, you, you maybe can just kind of say, oh, hey, I'm, I'm in Bible class now. I'm reformed, certainly. Right? People can lie. But certainly they can abuse the, the system in that way. But isn't it interesting that still to this day, when people are wanting to get out of prison, that's the, the number one argument for letting me go. Jesus Christ has changed my life. At some level, we still kind of believe that, at least, don't we? Even though, like I said, people have abused it, right? people have lied, to fit in with certain groups, you know, people have just said well, whatever they want to say. But the reality is, as Billy Graham himself taught for the many years of his ministry, when the power of Jesus Christ enters your heart, it changes. You become someone different. That is, in a sense, what Jesus means when he says, take my yoke upon you. We think of a, a yoke as you know, kind of a big, heavy, cumbersome thing. You know, maybe for some of you, you folks that have, have farmed for generations, you, you still have an old yoke, right, hung up in your barn, you know, from your, your great-grandpa that has just been kind of been there. You know, usually made of a, a big chunk of wood with, you know, some metal reinforcement around it. It, it looks like it would be just big and heavy and cumbersome. And you would say, you know, take this yoke upon me. But dear friends, what we sometimes forget is in this world we're going to have a yoke upon the only question is, is it going to be Satan's yoke? Or is it going to be Jesus' yoke? And so Jesus, you know, he's telling it like it is. He, he wants us to know up front what the, the consequences are, are going to be. But when we take this yoke of Jesus upon our shoulders, it's going to mean we belong to him. And it's going to mean we're going to have to do some work out in the field. And it's going to mean that he becomes our caretaker. Now, maybe in, in this life you kind of have an identification of, of what a yoke like that might you know, be like in a sense. You know, there, there may be times when you had to work at a, a, a job that you didn't really appreciate. You, you had to deal with a, a, a boss that just kind of rubbed you the wrong way. There, there was some other thing that your heart was longing to do, but you had this job that you had to fulfill because you, you needed money, you needed the income, you had responsibility. And so you kind of came to know what a yoke is like. As you trudged through your daily routine, as it just kind of ground 
on you. There were parts of the yoke that kind of chafed at your neck and, and shoulders, and it just seemed heavy and cumbersome. We probably all have had those experiences as well. And so Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. My yoke. But my burden is light, Jesus says. For you see, when we come to belong to Jesus Christ as our Savior, when our heart is changed inside, we are lightened in a sense. And with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit working within our heart and ruling over our lives, we no longer have those same urges that, that we used to have. Right? They're, they're curved. They're, they're set aside. They're lightened. As we're reading our Bible daily, not just to find another kind of chore that I have to do or another do or, or don't that I have to participate with, instead, it becomes that relationship with Christ. For I'm reading the words of my friend, that's my master, the one who looks out for me, the one who has my best interest at heart. You see, as we begin to love Jesus and that love is growing within us, then we have a desire to be pleasing to him as well. We have a desire within us to yeah, be a strong representative, perhaps, for him on this planet. To be a confidant. To be a close friend. To be someone who loves and is loved in return. You see, when all of the, the relationship you know, parts come to, to fit together, when, when all of, of the, the love begins to, to be generated, when we have the freedom from sin that the gift of the Holy Spirit brings to us, then we are rescued, aren't we? The apostle asks, who will rescue me? I have the best philosophical system available. I know right from wrong. I even have a desire in my heart to do good things. But because I'm human, I can't do it. And because I'm still a slave of Satan, in a sense, because I still have the yoke of this world around my neck, I I long for something better. I can't find it. I desire something more. I can't grasp. Who will rescue me? And dear friends, Jesus, your Savior, rescued each of you 
on the cross. When Jesus himself was crucified because of his great love for you, he made it possible to break free from this world, to get out from under Satan's yoke, to become one of his children. And who more worthy to have as our father, as our brother, than Jesus Christ, the righteous one. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, it wasn't just to kind of give his philosophical system a little extra oomph. When Jesus died on the cross, it was to free us from bondage, to free us from sin. You see, Jesus took our place. He died because of the things that we had done. And then he made it possible for us to live in freedom. Freedom from Satan. Freedom from sin. Freedom from the bondage of this world. Freedom from eternity in damnation. By Jesus' death, he opened the gates of heaven for each of us. Dear friends, Jesus loved you that much. He loved you so much that he looked into his crystal ball. In a sense, he saw every single bad thing, every bad thought that you would ever have. He saw the times that you would fail and that you would falter. He identified the greatest sin within your life that would perhaps cause disruptions for you from time to time. And he died for you anyway. He knows all things. And still he laid down his life for each of you. Uh, dear friends, if you ever find yourself in the place where the apostle was, it's time to come back to Jesus. Certainly, especially during the recent trials we have faced as a nation, as we face together, it's very easy for many people to get out of the, the habit of coming to church, to get out of the habit of reading their Bible, to think to themselves, perhaps God even has abandoned us, and what's the use? And as we pull away from God, as we begin to slip back into sinful patterns and a, a sinful life that we used to have, we can easily begin to find ourselves right back in that place, 
who will rescue me? I still know right from wrong. I learned it in Sunday school years ago. I still know what I ought to be doing. I, I can't seem to carry through. I know about the things I should stay away from, but now they're beginning to pull on me once again. Who will rescue me? Dear friends, the answer, Jesus, our Savior. Jesus still longs for people to come to him. He still longs for each of us to grow closer to him once more. His chief desire is that we would be under his protection once again. <clears throat> Dear friends, we perhaps all have fallen short at times. We all can identify, certainly, with what the apostle has The way out is not just to, to buckle down and, and work harder and follow the rules more, but the way out is take Jesus at his word once again. To allow the yoke of Jesus to rest lightly upon your shoulders. To understand one more that he is your Savior. To go out into this world knowing there's someone that loved you that much that he laid down his life. He suffered incredible physical and mental anguish. To be in your place. To take on your burden and to exchange it for the wonderful fellowship with Christ. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.